Hey everyone, and welcome to the Spooniepreneur Podcast. I'm Nicole Neer, an ex-social worker turned CEO of a virtual support agency. My passion is helping those of us living with chronic illness to see how entrepreneurship can help us pay the bills, find a sense of purpose, and build a flexible life that allows us to balance it all. On this podcast, I'm talking with business owners from all walks of life to learn how they're running their businesses. I'm also going to take you behind the scenes into how I run a six-figure business while living with fibromyalgia, bipolar disorder, irritable bowel syndrome, and anxiety. If you are a spooniepreneur or thinking about starting a business, you are in the right place. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Spooniepreneur Podcast. I know I say this like every week, but this week's guest is really, really amazing, and I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation. This week, I am talking with Michelle Quay, who is a certified confidence and leadership coach who helps negative self-talkers to believe in the talents to reach full potential and a fulfilling personal and professional life. I think we can all use that, right? Michelle's speaking career began in 2018, soon after she founded her own coaching company. She is the author of a new memoir, Perfectly Normal, An Immigrant Story of Making It in America. She is a board member of the United Nations Association of the USA and a clinical pharmacist at USC's Keck Medical Center. Michelle was born in Taiwan and grew up in New York, but today she lives in Los Angeles with a short-haired brown tabby cat named Buster. And if you're looking for her, odds are that you'll probably find her at the gym. (laughs) Michelle's story is absolutely amazing. She is a born storyteller. So let's just dive right in. Hey, everybody. I am sitting here with Michelle Quay. How are you, Michelle? I'm doing great. How are you, Nicole? I'm good. And You know, I read over your bio, you have so much that you're involved in. So why don't you tell the audience just a little bit about who you are and what you're up to in the world? Well, I think the who who I am is two-part question. So the who I am playing a role. So I'm a clinical pharmacist. I've been uh, in the practice for the last 20 years as a clinical pharmacist. I'm also a board member. Well, actually, now I'm a secretary for the United Nations Association, the Pasadena chapter. We have a chapter here in local Southern California, and we're the grassroots of United Nations. So we do a lot of work to further the mission of UN. So we participate on a community level. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a area director. Um, this year, I just got promoted as an area director for the Toastmasters International. Um, we have a district here, District 100. So I'm, a, I'm an area director. And other than that, I'm a very normal, typical, everyday woman who's just trying to, you know, make something happen every day. So that's who I am in terms of my role. Mm-hmm. Now, to answer the other question, the other part of who I am, um, I am fun. I am inspiring. I am um, weird sometimes. <laughs> so there's a lot of um, things about me. I like a lot of like weird stuff that normally people wouldn't love. So that's who I am. I'm spontaneous, very spontaneous. Okay, so what's the weirdest thing that you like that people are like, what? Yeah, so I, what I can think of right right away is the food that I eat. 
So like for me, you know, in, in the breakfast, well, it just kind of past lunchtime, but in breakfast, we usually have like these sausages, you know, the breakfast sausage. And what I love to do is sprinkle some honey over it. Now people use, uh, people use uh, maple, I, I sometimes use maple syrup. I like the sweetness and savory taste to it. Yeah, that's something weird about me. And there's other things that's weird about me. For example, um, I don't like olives. I know a lot of people love olives. And I eat, I eat pizza with pineapple. Pineapple is a must on my pizza. <laughs> I love it. So those are just a few weird things about me. <laughs> I love it. So a lot of people who listen to the podcast are um, people living with chronic illness. Mm -hmm. So do you mind telling us a little bit about your health journey? Not at all. So um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I grew up, um, I grew up in Taiwan. I was born in Taiwan. I didn't come to United States until I was 15 years old. Um, so all my life, it was very typical, everyday Asian little girl running in the rice field. And there's like, uh, uh, it, we're mostly in the nature. And where I live is very suburby. And there's nothing really stood out for me as a, as a kid. You know, I wasn't special. I wasn't, I wasn't anyone who like, you know, impressive parents that their parents just can't stop bragging them about. You know, I was not one of those. Yeah. Um, when I was 11 years old, um, it, it, there's an event that completely just changed my life. And I did not know that at the time. And I think a lot of us going through our life journey and we just kind of take things for granted. You know, we get up, we think that, oh, you know, I'll call that friend tomorrow. That friend is always going to be there. But sometimes it's not the case. And that was the day um, when I was 11. I took everything for granted. But little did I know that that morning was the very last morning that I was able to put on my shoes for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, when I was getting off school, my, I was waiting for my mom to pick me up, but she was running late. And as I saw her coming from the other side of the street, I wanted to cross to, to meet her on this other side so that she doesn't have to make a U-turn to meet me. So as I was crossing... Um, I heard people were just shouting and there's a lot of emotion that was going on around me. I was confused. And all I remember was I was in the middle of the street and my friend was waving and she was, she was screaming at me. She said, stop, stop, stop. And I froze. I was, I froze and trying to understand what's going on. And the next thing I knew, I woke up in a hospital bed. Hmm. So a lot of detail that was filling in coming through came from my family member, came from my friends afterwards when I started seeing them, going back to seeing them. And they said that there was a taxi that was coming, coming from um, the opposite side of the street and it was driving really fast towards me. It must have run a red light. And by the time I got to the middle of the street, you know, it was too late for me to get out of the way. So there was no way to, to avoid it. Um, but that, that accident completely changed my whole life trajectory um, because I spent four years following the accident, going in and out of the hospital. Um, I spent four years living by myself in a rehab center where I was there. Basically, it's a, it's a, a boarding school where you, you go, you have school, you have teacher. And at the same time, you know, I was also getting physical therapy. So I, I lived in the rehab center for the following four years after my accident. So it was not something that, you know, I can go back and just 
rejoining my friends and visiting my old friend. Slowly, I realized that all my friends, my whole childhood, changed because of that accident.、Um, I no longer have good friends. You know, I I have to really put myself into a position where I need to start making new friends, and that was really scary because I look around me. All these people, all these children living in the rehab center—they either have polio or they have cerebral palsy.、Mm-hmm. They have some type of physical,、um, you know, advantage. Now I call it advantage or ability.、Um, and and I look around and I felt I, I don't. This is not me. I don't belong in here.、Mm-hmm. And so I was struggling that with at, at 11 years old. And by the time、um, I was discharged from the hospital. I had total of eleven, eleven surgery, eleven to thirteen surgery altogether.、Mm-hmm. So my legs are all scarred, and my doctor had given me a pair of metal braces to wear, and、mm-hmm. he said you have to wear them because you are still growing, and we don't want your body weight to、um, create any permanent damage on your body.、Mm-hmm. I was given those pair, and on the outside, it looks exactly like someone who had polio.、Mm-hmm. To me, at that time, I took it as I don't have polio. Why would I be wearing these? You know, I don't want to wear those. So there's that、um, teenage year of pride, right? I want to look pretty. I want to be able to get out. And I don't know if you remember、um, back in the eighties, well, nineties. That's when that's my era. And then we had these hair, you know, like high high wavy hair. Like you gotta blow dry it. You gotta look pretty, and you gotta look in a certain way. And it was back then, you know, the miniskirt was in. I can't possibly wear a miniskirt when I'm having these pair of metal braces.、Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's ugly. It's hideous. So I decided, you know, I was gonna be brave. You know, being a smart, <laughs> we we know that. <laughs> took it off. I took it off because I want to look pretty. I wanted to look like I belong somewhere. And during that time, my parents had already、uh, got the permission to come to the United States. So immediately, I was、uh, enrolled to the local public school. I remember my mom took me to the public school the first time, and then I remember the administrator.、Um, there was a lady behind the desk, and then she said, "Oh, you gotta bring her to special ed, special ed school." And my mom, I, I give her a lot of credit for pushing through and and really stand firm behind me, behind my back. And she told the administrator. Uh, person and she said, you know, she she's really smart. She's not different. And and then the lady was like, no, no, no. She looked different. She saw me. She was wearing um, I was wearing metal brace. And she said, you gotta enroll her to the special ed class. And and my mom threw a fist. She said, I am not going anywhere until you put this child into your school. And she was really firm. And she didn't speak English, so she was fighting <laughs> Mandarin. She was fighting in Mandarin with this lady at the receptionist. And so finally, they admitted me to the high school. You know, so I went to a general public high school, like everyone. But then, you know, with that, with that. Because it's a, in a general public setting, so there's a lot of kids, you know, high school kids. There's a lot of competition, and there's a lot of, you know, compare comparison. That's where when the peer pressure start kicking in, and that was the time I realized I don't want to wear these ugly braces anymore. So I took it off, and of course, it created a permanent damage on my leg. So as a result of it, right now my leg is disfigured. None of them, both of them, are kind of like really crooked, and they're not straight.、Um, so I have a lot of trouble buying pants. I'm only four feet four inches tall, and all the pants I wear are they had to be taken down. They had to uh, be be uh, changed, right?、Mm-hmm. And then my shoes, 
um, because one of the leg is actually more um, crooked than the other. So it's shorter. It's about two inches shorter. So um, in the past, I would usually have to bring it to a shoe shop, get, get a change, get a fix. And right. then, you know, I can possibly walk some kind of really, uh, you know, normal way. Mm-hmm. And that didn't last for a very long time because my posture was all off and I was putting a lot of pressure on my back. So by the time I reached to graduate school, I could no longer walk this long distance without assistance. And my mom used to be my assistant. She Everywhere I go, she would go and I would hold on to her or hold on to her hand. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, I had to go away um, for college. So I decided, you know, it's time to use my crutches. So ever since then, I've been using crutches to, to walk. Mm-hmm. Now, what really changed is I started to... It was not a happy place to be, um, worrying and, and constantly looking at yourself in the mirror and thinking, you know, you're not, you, you don't look normal. Like no one, no one that you know of looked this way. And, and why is it that, you know, Mary has a great job, great position and great look on the outside. She seems perfectly happy. Why can't you be her? And mm-hmm. so I start to compare myself to everyone I see, everyone I meet on a daily basis. And I turn on the social media. There's more posts, right? These beautiful women wearing their bikini and they look so happy. Like why? I started to ask myself, like, why can't I have that? And, and why am I here? And that was not... That was probably the life-changing question. You know, it could put you in both ways. Either either really, really beat you down or it actually makes you start thinking about like what would be the possibility to, to do something different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's basically my, um, my physical appearance and how I was struggling with that physical appearance in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, it's not a good place to live, to keep judging yourself and keep talking poorly about yourself. And I was living that life of, you know, I have a job, I have a great retirement plan, but I'm just not happy. And there's something missing. And I couldn't figure out what it was. So I was on a journey of self-discovery. I was trying to find out like exactly if this is the reason, if I am here, why am I here? Like, what's the purpose of having me in this body and being trapped in this body? What good does it serve me? Um, so when I start asking that question, I start diving in deeper and I realize that there's only one thing that I can, I can do. I can change this body. I can, um, you know, go back to my mom's belly and pretend that I was never born, which I would love to do that, but it unfortunately doesn't work that way, right? So I'm here, I'm stuck. So what can I do? I start asking myself, what can you do? Um, and then, so I realized that there's something I can do. And I was looking at myself and um, I was getting up one morning and I was looking at myself in the mirror. I said, well, you know, this is the body that you have. What do you want to do with it? So I went out to the Target. I went out and bought a balancing ball, one of those exercise balls, brought it home, make it work. And then I was sitting on it. I was rocking on it. And I said, well, you know, all my life I couldn't run. I couldn't jump. What if I was just to sit on the ball, maybe just doing rock and roll, you know, like just doing some exercise. And there's a lot of YouTube video that you can search, like they teach you how to use that, use that exercise ball. So I did that. So I did that for about a week and then I decided to take it to the next level. 
It's like all these ideas start kicking in. Well, maybe I can go to the gym and maybe just try it out because I never fed a food into, into the gym. Didn't know how to use the machine. I didn't know that I was actually capable of using the machine. So I went, went to the gym, signed myself um, up for the membership, and I hired myself a personal coach. I said, you know, if I can't do this alone and I don't know how to use a machine, maybe if I hire someone to teach me how to do it, maybe that, that would get me somewhere. So we, I decided to work with a coach and lo and behold, you know, he was able to help me getting back into shape. And then he introduced me. He said, well, maybe you should try the treadmill. I say, I never run on the treadmill. How do I do that? And so he had to show me how to, how to work the machine. But the very first time in my life, oh, the, you press a button. And, and I always wonder what that red plug is for. So you plug it and the machine will stop. <laughs> so I had to learn all that, you know, from scratch. So I did that. And then ever since then, I've been walking on treadmill. And, and you know, it's been uh, like something that I really miss a lot. If there's anything that I missed during the pandemic, it would be the treadmill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then so after we start working one on one with the physical training, I around that time, my friend were all heading over to like hiking. They're very doing a lot of outdoor activity. And I always envy them because for me to be able to um, go outside or to run outside or to even think about going on a hike, it was something that's impossible for me to do. Um, I never thought it was possible. And then, so I keep hearing, oh, how amazing it is to go hiking. You, you see all the scenery. And at that time, a lot of my friends came from uh, Machu Picchu. They came back from Peru, the mm-hmm. infamous Inca Trail um, that everyone want, have, their, ha- have it on their bucket list. Mm-hmm. So I was hearing all that and I was thinking, well, you know, if I can prove to myself that I am capable of doing something, what do I want to do? Like, so I started to thinking and I, the, the following week, I brought this idea to my personal coach and I said, you know, I'm, I've been thinking about going to hike. And he said, oh, great, let's go hike. Where do you want to hike? And we have the, where I live, we have these uh, little mountain and whole, uh, uh, hills that you can go hike. It's smaller, it's easier to climb. There's not a whole lot of steps and hills. So he said, do you want to go hike here? I said, hmm. You know, I don't, I don't find that quite challenging. <laughs> I said, you know, I've been thinking about going to Machu Picchu. And he looked at me. He was really surprised. He said, you want to do what? I said, you know, Machu Picchu. And, and he said, okay, so how do you plan to do that? And I said, well, I don't know. You're going to help me, right? <laughs> I said, you're going to help me, right? And then so he said, well, yeah, well, I'll definitely help you. But how about let's try something small here first. <laughs> so following that conversation, you know, every week um, I would go and do a little hike and, and here in my neighborhood. Um, the first time I went out to hike, you know, I had my backpack. I, I went out and bought a backpack, a camel, uh, camel bag. And then um, I went out the first time hiking without telling anybody like all my family member they, they didn't know so this is how spontaneous I am you <laughs> <laughs> pick up the stuff and decided to go so I went and on my way back it was a eight mile eight mile walk eight mile trail it was 
easy in the sense that there's not a whole lot of, you know, elevation and there was, but, you know, it was easy for me to maneuver. And so I, I was looking down the, 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 um, the side mm-hmm. and I was looking down and I was like, wow, if I fall and drop, no one would notice. <laughs> I, I could die out here and nobody would know that I was out here. And that freaked the sh- I don't know if it's a clean podcast, but I'm going to try to get clean. It's totally okay. <laughs> it freaked the shit out of me. Yeah. I, I could drop drop to the hill and die. Um, so so then after that, I, I every every week I would still go hike and I would make sure to tell my family member to uh, create a post on my Facebook. Hey guys, you know, take a selfie and post it on the Facebook. I'm, I'm hiking. So throughout my journey, there's a lot of accountability and people cheering for me. And it's all because of that one idea. I want to go hike or I want to do something different. And that got just kept me going. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, I, I should say that, you know, every time I go hike, it's not like easy hike. Um, it, it's not easy in the sense that I still have to use two crutches. So every step I'm doing my, a lot of body work, I'm doing a lot of push-ups. So you can imagine, you know, eight miles of hiking. It's like eight miles of just doing the upper body push-ups mm-hmm. each step I go. Um, but I kept doing it because it, I, on the trail, it's so, um, so quiet, so peaceful, and you're, you're pretty much alone by yourself in that moment. And all you focus on, where do I land my crutches safely so I don't fall? And so it's kind of almost like meditation mm-hmm. while you're walking. So I truly enjoy the hike and, and hiking. So I did, you know, just to go back to the story, I did go to Machu Picchu. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yes! The following year, you know, I booked myself a ticket. I said, you know, I'm going to go. So I decided to grab my luggage and, and with two crutches, I flew myself to Peru um, where I don't speak Spanish, you know, I barely learned how to speak English <laughs> after, after 15, 20 years. And, and now here I am, I'm going to um, a Spanish speaking country that I don't speak Spanish. And it didn't occur to me that that was something that I needed to worry about. I was just really trying to focus on, you know, I'm going to prove to myself. It wasn't the idea of that I need to prove to anyone else, but it was proving to myself that I can do this and I want to do this um, and, and that I'm capable of doing this. So that year in September, 2016, I just celebrated my uh, four year anniversary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to hike the Inca Trail, which is 26 miles long. And it took me four days. It took the whole entire trip is about four days, four days long. And you camp outside. So every day you hike about uh, eight to 10, 10 hours um, normally. And most people, they would wake up seven o'clock in the morning and we would reach to the campsite by five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and then you repeat that for three days until you reach to the ruin, uh, Machu Picchu ruin. And so for me, the first day when I was going up to the, to the mountain, it was all upward. It was all up, upward trend. So I was struggling with, with my two crutches, doing the push-up. My arms were soaring. My, my wrist was swollen. And my tool leader sat me down that night when we reached the campsite 
And he said to me, Michelle, this is what I need you to think about because after today, it's the point of no return and, and you have to make a decision now. And I know they, they talk about this, you know, with a lot of people who are slower on the, on the, on the trail. Um, but so I, I know I wasn't the only one, but mm-hmm. it felt very personal for someone to sit down with you and then really questioning, you know, whether or not you have it to, to finish the whole trail. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting there and listening to him and he said, you know, I don't know if you realize, but you were slower than the donkey that we were traveling. So <laughs> I said, well, well, yeah, I had the donkey to travel with. And what do you, what did you expect? <laughs> I was competing with the donkey and I kept seeing the donkey's back. That's all I could see because I'm the, I'm slower than the donkey. Um, so and I was sitting there listening to uh, all that. And it, deep down inside of me, I was thinking, you know, please, 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 please don't tell me to go back. I didn't come this far to just to go back. So let me continue, please. And I was kind of thinking about that. And then he said, well, you know, if you do decide to continue, here's what I would recommend. So he recommended me to, because I was really slow, he recommended me to wake up early in the morning to get a head start. And so ever since that night, you know, I wake up five o'clock in the morning just to get that two hour ahead of time before the group um, so that I can actually meet them by the end of the day um, when we get to the campsite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so I did that the whole entire trip. On the second day, we reached to the highest point of the whole um, journey. And I remember it was the last 100 feet and, and I turned to a tour guide that who was walking with me that time um, just to make sure I'm safe um, mm-hmm. so I was turning to him I said so how how far away are we because he t- kept telling me we're 200 feet away and and he kept telling me 200 feet away he kept lying to me <laughs> <laughs> and finally you know I can see people I said how far are we oh 100 feet away I said great and I just start breaking down I was start tearing I was Mm -hmm. bawling by the time I reached there I said I did it I did it and and it was the most transformative moment of my life it was I couldn't believe how far I've come to that place where it was like a liberation it felt like a liberation where I can finally admit to myself you know Michelle you have this body but if you put your mind to it, there's nothing that is going to limit to what you do. And, and I had that moment where people are coming over because it was, there's a lot of people along the, uh, along the trail and they all passing me. They were giving me thumbs up. Some people mm-hmm. stopped. They were catching their breath with me. So it's kind of like a competition of me bet- uh, between me and, and them going on. And they were all cheering and happy. And I realized that there's something more that I needed to do in this life. And so coming down from the trip, I was thinking, what is it that I need to do? What is it? Why am I here for? And now that I came over, I am able to cross this mountain. What's next? I'm excited. I'm, I'm actually, for the very first time in my life, I was excited to know what is on the other side of the hill? I love every second of that. Like you can't see it guys, but I'm like legitimately tearing up because that's amazing. <laughs> I was, it was just 
so amazing and so transformative. And, and I kept telling people that, you know, there's really three things that you need for your life, right? So what are those three things? It's how well do you know yourself, right? Your authenticity. That authenticity also means that there are days where I wake up and I feel like I don't want to do anything. I feel like shit. That authenticity is the ability to recognize that, yes, Michelle, you feel like shit. Mm -hmm. and, and just admit it. Just yeah. acknowledge that's what you're feeling and just accept it and be true to yourself. So how, know, how well do you know yourself? Can you honor your authenticity? And then the second thing is that connectivity. And, and I'm skipping around because I call these my ABC. So I'm skipping the B right now because I want to come back to it. <laughs> um, the C is connection, right? So how well are you connecting with others? Once you get to know yourself, how well are you able to connect with others? And many of us, you know, we, we know ourselves so well. But when it comes to in a relationship, when someone is judging us, when someone is saying something about us, immediately we, we take it very personal. We break that connection with another person to build that relationship. And I often say that, you know, what we need in this world is to, to actually build more bridges, not creating more walls. And that connection is really important because on that trail, I couldn't have done it by myself. Just me, you know, pushing around and, and walking. That's, that's easy. That is easy part. What's difficult is while I'm doing it, all these people passing me by, they're giving me a thumbs up. Even my tour leader who keeps telling me there's only 200 feet away, 200 feet away. And he kept motivating me, wanting to move forward. And those are the people who are going to make an impact and influence you without you even knowing it. So that connection is really important, how well you know yourself and how well you are actually using that, your authenticity in connecting with others. Now, I skipped the B because B is the important place where you connect the two. So you connect from point A to point C by being brave. Being brave, it takes a lot because you know yourself and you want to connect with others, but every now and then you're going to meet people who's, who may not resonate with what we said or may not resonate with the look that we have, and they will judge us, and that's okay. But you have to be brave enough to actually step out and say, you know what? I know this is who I am. I am going to stand proud and stand behind who I am. So you, you're not just the role that we play. We can play so many different roles. And the minute that you step into your shoes in the morning, you step into a role. But with, behind that role that you play, there's a who you are. And being brave is about exercising who you are in this world when everyone is trying to be somebody else. I, so that's my ABC. So if somebody is out there thinking about taking the next big step in their life, whether it's starting a business or just doing something that feels really scary, what is the one piece of advice that you would give them? So I would say that our success does not lie in anticipation. So that fear, that fear that we have, that hesitation that we are not taking as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, or anything that you do in your life, it's really about the anticipation, the fear of, do I have it all? 
Mm-hmm. What is the outcome of it? So it's that anticipation that you're feeling. But you know, life doesn't happen on anticipation. Life happens on actions. The more that you take your action, put it into action, the more you realize that you have that invisible self confidence that just rises up inside of you, rather than coming from all these experiences that you 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 get from throughout your life. You know, our, our confidence doesn't come. From the external source, our self confidence come from that intrinsic,、um, the inner strength that you already have within you. So、mm-hmm. self confidence doesn't need any evidence. So your success is not in the evidence. Your success and it's not in the anticipation. Your success is actually through the actions you take, and each action will lead to the next better things. I love that so much. So Michelle, if people want to follow your journey, see what you're up to, how can they find you? So they can come and visit me on my website at elevatelifecoaching.org, or they can follow me on Instagram at elevatelifecoach. And I'm basically on all the social media. You name it, I'm on it. <laughs> Again, I'm very spontaneous. I wake up in the morning. Where do I want to be? Oh, LinkedIn. I want to be on LinkedIn, so I go to LinkedIn. <laughs> Or today I want to do a live on Facebook. There you go, up on Facebook. So the best way to find me is on on my website, Elevate Life Coach. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much. I feel like I need just like a lot of time to absorb all of the truth bombs that you threw down today. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm so glad to be here. I had a great time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Spooniepreneur Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with your friends and don't forget to rate and review it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're looking to build a business that runs on word of mouth referrals, and who doesn't, head on over to www.resilientbusinesstoolkit to check out my free masterclass teaching you to build a marketing plan that drives word of mouth referrals into your inbox every month. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.